Hey, what's up, podcast? It's Jeff. Just want to jump in here. This is a special bonus episode of Teach Better Talk. This is actually going to be a the audio uh, recording from a Facebook Live that our team is doing every single day, Monday through Friday um, at 8 a.m. Eastern Time in our Facebook private group. You can get in that group at teachbettergroup.com or uh, go on to Facebook and just search Teach Better Team. You'll see our page and then you'll see the group get in there. So here we go, a special bonus episode of Teach Better Talk pulled from one of our Facebook Live videos in our private group at teachbettergroup.com. Hope you enjoy. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. It is Thursday. It is the, what is it, the 21st of May. And we are live. My name is Jeff from the Teach Better team. Awesome to be here. I've got Sean Peck with me all the way from over in beautiful Minnesota. And I can say that, like I mean that because I was there in December and it was cold, but it's beautiful. I really, really like, uh, well, I was in Minneapolis, which I, I really liked. The city it was beautiful. It was cold, but it was nice. Uh, so super pumped to have you on here and, and chatting um, and excited to have all you here watching stuff. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure that you subscribe. Hit that like button, leave us a comment, let us know what's going on. If you're on Twitter, make sure that you're also following Sean to connect with him. Uh, if you're on Twitch, I said this last night, do me a favor, let me know how to use Twitch. Uh, we're still figuring it out right now. Um, and uh, if you're here on Facebook, obviously say good morning as well. We are on the Facebook page, in the Facebook group, on YouTube, on Twitter, and on Twitch right now going crazy with Sean. So, uh, Adam, good to see you. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Andrea. Good to see you. Good morning to you too, Sean. I just like haven't even yeah, said good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good chat. We we were chatting before we went live, so I feel like I already did that, but I haven't done that for a while. <laughs> so, um, so you are in Minnesota. So you are. Are you Central Time or are you? You're Central. Central right? Time. Yeah. So you're just one hour back. So it's not too too crazy yeah. as far as um, as far as that. Uh, good morning, Libby. Libby from Cleveland. Cleveland in the house. Uh, good to see you. Um, so. So, Sean, for those that are that, that don't know you, aren't familiar with you, can you give us the rundown of, of who you are, what your role in education is, maybe a little, little bit of how you got there and, and what you're doing right now? Before you do that, though, good morning to Joe. Morning, Chad. Chad's here. But, yeah, so share us. Like, who is Sean Peck? Who are you? What do you do in education, man? Well, I appreciate that, man. Um, super excited to be here. You know, teaching is... Uh, the most important and honestly, one of the hardest jobs to do well in the world. And so, first of all, shout out to you and your team for all the value that you're adding, uh, the content that you're putting out there to support teachers. Um, it, it's it's really a blessing that we have folks like you out there that are supporting the work that we do. Um, rush over here, man. Well, you do good work. And so you deserve your shout out. So, um, you know, you mentioned I'm Sean Peck. I'm an assistant principal from Southeastern uh, Minnesota High School over there. Uh, been doing that for a few years. Um, you know, you mentioned springtime in Minnesota. You know, we, we got to deal with a lot from about October to to now. And we get about two <laughs> or three really good weeks where, where the weather is nice and we all get outside before summer hits. So, um, yeah, that's what we got going on. Excited to be here. Awesome. Uh, good morning to Carrie. Morning, Dave Schmidto. Good morning, Lauren. Holly, awesome to see you. Megan. Uh, Chad says, whoa, day made, um, he was talking about your comment there, which is awesome. So, so we, um, so we had your, it's not counterpart, your partner, right? I guess your partner in crime, partner Joe, in crime yeah. Joe Sage, we met, Ray and I ran into him and, and one of your teachers, I can't remember her name. I feel horrible right now. I think um, Elizabeth Daniels, maybe. Yeah. I think it was Elizabeth. Yeah. Uh, we, we ran into them out in. Uh, at impact in uh, Minnesota back in December, which we were just talking about, like feels like forever ago. And then we got, we, we had Joe on the podcast, which was awesome. You were one of the three people that he suggested that we all follow on Twitter. Uh, and then he, he was like, you guys got to have him on the podcast, which we just realized we hadn't done until, but I just sent you the link. So we're making it happen, but, but let's get him on the morning drop in as well. So, um, so you and Joe are both, uh, you guys work together at this school. Can you kind of paint that picture of like, what does that role look like when you guys are working together? And then I'd really like to know, like, then also like right into like, what does it look like now? How has that changed now yeah. with, with COVID and everything? Yeah. So, uh, we basically do the exact same job. Um, 
we split the alphabet up and, and uh, technically he's responsible for some extra responsibilities, grades nine and 10. And then I'm responsible for a couple extra responsibilities, grades 11 and 12. But if you were to walk into the building on any given day, we're just, we're just doing the exact same thing. Um, and what you would see is, you know, we're where the buzz is. Uh, at least I guess I'll speak for myself. I, I go to where the action is uh, in the morning. I like to get there early before the buzz starts so that when it happens, I can be out of the office, you know, where the kids mm -hmm. are at. So one of the one of the great things that we did this year is we really wanted to create an atmosphere at the high school where right when you walked in, you felt good. You know, kind of that first impression. We, we believe pretty strongly that how you feel really impacts how you perform and how you act and all that. So, um, you know, setting the stage right from the first moment. So we put greeters at all the doors. You know, our, our teachers are doing morning supervision. Well, we changed that word to morning greeting. I like it. So, so right when kids would walk through the door, you know, pre-COVID, you know, they're getting a fist bump. They're getting a high five. They're getting called by their first name. They're getting, you know, told, we're so glad that you're here. Uh, we opened up the gym so that kids could uh, come in and shoot baskets, which was usually where I was, you know, breaking down kids one-on-one, -on -one, you know, showing them <laughs> who was in charge and stuff like that. Uh, you know, music playing in the hallways, um, you know, and just trying to create this atmosphere where, where school is just a great place to be so that when mm -hmm. the bell rings and you got to run off the first hour, you know, you've already kind of, you know, had a great start to your day. You've gotten some breakfast. You've had, our goal is always to have each kid have three positive interactions with, with an adult one always at the front at the door of the classroom right before they walk in but you still got two more to go so mm -hmm. if you see a student in the hallway if you see a student in the lunch line you know it's our expectation that you're calling that student by name and that you're making sure that they got they have a great experience and and uh you know um you know sometimes that's what leadership looks like is mm -hmm. just making sure that people are seen that people are heard that they feel valued um, and, and that's really, you know, our mindset is, is we want to see people. We want to see teachers. We want to see kids. We want to see the parents that are sitting in front of us. And so, um, you know, that's really what our focus is. I, I love, um, and I know right now, obviously it's been effective. It's different, but I love the, and, and we, and our, our good friend Don Epps does this at his uh, middle school as well Is I love the idea of the first thing the kids get an opportunity to do is, is go shoot hoops. Yeah. Like that. So Don was, you know, Don, they've got like this whole media room where the kids can come in and there's there's video games, they can go in the gym, they can do all these things. And that's like the first 30 to 45 minutes of their day every day. Because mm -hmm. and you're talking about like so like the first you know 30 minutes, whatever, of my day as a student coming to your high school, I have an opportunity to go play one-on-one -on -one with the principal, right? Or shoot hoops with my buddies or or relax, whatever. So like it becomes this place that I enjoy going to every morning versus right. as soon as I walk in a door, oh man, I gotta get to study and I gotta worry about this. Instead, it's something that I can look forward to, which is going to set me up to better receive all the rest of that stuff the rest of the day, which I think is such right. an important part. And I think, and I hope we start seeing more and more of that by people that lead in that way and stuff. So mm -hmm. um, hopefully we can get back to that sooner than later and you can get right. back to that, that culture there. So, so let me ask you that. Well, first off, Alex, what's up, buddy? Good to see you. Um, Andrea says she loves that positive culture. Uh, as soon as the day starts, Cheryl, go to see this morning. She says, love the music in the hallway. I play music when my students log in and for remote learning. Well, I love that. Not letting it stop you. Um, Andrea said a lot of times in high school, those types of personal connections fall to the wayside. I love how you're promoting that. Um, and then, uh, good morning, Andrea, Andrea, or sorry, Lindsay. Good morning. Lindsay says good morning there. So, so let me ask you that now. So obviously the school closures and stuff really affects that, that part. I mean, cause you can't, you, you you can't shoot hoops with kids, right? You, you don't have mm -hmm. control window coming in. How are you guys adjusting to, or how have you adjusted to everything um, now? And are and and have you found? Are you able to still promote that same culture? What are the things that you're doing right now? Like how's that working out now during remote learning, especially as we're getting closer to closer to the end of the year? Yeah, it's been for everybody. I'm sure watching a major challenge. You know, we believe so deeply in connection and and you know seeing people like I was just talking about. And now you don't see people, and yeah. so how do you, how do you you know kind of go through what what your core beliefs are about what education should look like and feel like and sound like when you're not actually entering into the same space? And so we try to be as intentional as we can with it. We're still doing our weekly student shoutouts, which we which we would do every week anyway over the loudspeaker. Teachers would recognize the accomplishments of kids and then we would shout that kid out over the loudspeaker um we still do those virtually um, how are you doing those virtually what are you using 
I just uh, collect them, make a video, and, and put it up on our school's Facebook okay. page oh, and, nice. and, our, cool. and our Schoology page, so kids can click on it. Uh, it's not pushed into classrooms or anything like that, like the morning announcements would be. Yeah. So, so I'm sure there's a lot of students opting out of actually going through and watching it. But sure, you know, but the ones the ones that that are, that cared about it, that it meant something to, are going to yeah. find it now, right? Yeah. Because Obviously, right. there's some kids that didn't care when it was going on in the hall either, but right. they want to do it. Right. Right? So is that you? Are you making those videos or individual yep. teachers? Or yep. Yeah, I do it. So each week, uh, and, and again, it's just it's just a little thing we can do to show uh, people mm -hmm. that we see them. Yeah. We send out a link, and we call it, so we're the, we're the Falcons is our mascot. Okay. And I don't want to offend anybody here, but we call it We Are Falcon Awesome is our, our little uh, uh, title that we use for it. Um, and we just, uh, we just open it up, shout somebody out, affirm somebody who's doing something great, uh, who brought you a coffee, who, you know, who, who mm -hmm. helped you with some little job. And each week I send out a, a bulletin to teachers and there's dozens of these shout outs every single week. And what it really does is we, it's it become ingrained in what we do every day. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, and so people go through their day now looking to recognize those little things that people yeah. are doing you know, they're, yeah. they're hyper aware of the things that kids are doing that are setting them apart from the norm so that they can remember on Thursday when that link comes out, oh, that's right. I have to make sure they get a shout out for that. Which is such a, a mindset change from mm -hmm. always looking to to um, correct or or criticize or, or peg right. them on the thing they're doing wrong. Now, instead, I'm, I'm hyper focused on this positive, which is going to allow me right. to see the positive of that kid that might be a bad kid, right? I'm going to focus on exactly. That. Exactly. Also, I, and I know you're about to say, I didn't want to interrupt you, but also I love, so something, not love, I don't know if that's where I was going, but a positive, I want to make sure everyone's listening to and hearing there in this world of COVID and closure now is that that's usually done on the, on the loudspeaker, right? Mm -hmm. So now it's done on video. Now the parents can also see that. Right. I'll tell you what, man, that, and as a parent, Hearing your kid get shout out, I don't care what it's for. If it's like, hey, good job, Jonathan brought a pencil today, like that's cool. Like my kid just got shouted out. Like, mm -hmm. so there is a positive to that. And I don't know, I don't know. Did yeah. you do videos before too, or was it just nope. on? So no, maybe, it's the whole right. So, so we go forward. back. So maybe maybe now it's both, right? And yep. now it's so 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 these these little positives that I, I I love that a lot of people are grabbing and seeing from this horrible tough situation. There are little positive grab out of it. And I think that's a, that's a potential one there. That's really cool. So I'm sorry, go ahead. Like, so what else are you doing now with the, with the shift? Where are things at? I love that. I love the student shout outs. It's really cool. And so does everyone in the comments, it appears too. So good, good. And hopefully everybody can just, you know, grab one or two things from what we're talking about here today and use it at your own sites to benefit kids. I think that's what we're all just yeah. seeking is to borrow ideas. Um, another suggestion I would have, and, and it's, it's really hard to connect, but I'm an assistant principal. Everybody understands that a big part of what I do is, is you know, discipline in the building and correcting behavior and teaching positive behaviors. I mean, that's what would occupy 75% of my time before, right? These conversations with kids all day long, redirecting uh, and intervening in their life so that they can, you know, be successful in school. Well, I still, I've grown to really love those kids. You know, we've spent a lot of time together. I do have my regulars that come to my office or sure. that I see in the halls or are, you know, maybe skipping some class and I have to have multiple interactions with them a day. And, you know, it's, it's so funny, you know, you chase some of these kids around the building and they're frustrating. And, but then when they're not there, it's like, dang, I, I really miss that student. Yeah. I miss those interactions because you can just see the goodness in every single kid. Uh, even the ones that are are trying to get attention in maybe a negative way. And so one of the better things that I've I've really tried to do is just send them a message through Schoology and say, hey, click this link at, at one o'clock and just hop online with me on a Google Hangout uh, for five or 10 minutes. Just want to see how you're doing and just ask them, you know, how you holding up? Is there anything you need? And I'll tell you what, more than once, often, the, the, the first response is, I thought I was in trouble. Yeah, uh, you know, I I thought I thought I, did, I, thought <laughs> I thought all you did was yell at people, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, and but then when you have a chance to kind of reset that relationship, to reset mm -hmm. that narrative, so because sooner or later they are going to come back in the building and they're going to see me and I'm going to see them. And what does that interaction look like after we haven't seen each other? Yeah. Well, if we've done the work, you know, virtually online and we've had a conversation that's not about school and it's not about you know, any correcting of behavior or anything like that. It's just, I genuinely care about you. And I just wanted to check in and see how you and your family are doing. I want to be able to do anything that you need me to. You need me to talk to teachers. Yeah. You need me to reach out to a counselor. 
Um, can I help your parents at all? Do you have enough food in the home? Like whatever it is, I'm just here for you. And then end the call. That's it. Uh, and so if there's anybody out there that's that's watching, that's like, man, I, I really you know kind of feel that way where I miss some of those kids, I would really suggest just doing that um, because it's been super impactful for me. Very cool. I love that. Uh, Andrea says she uses pa a Padlet board for digital student shout outs. Adam's giving props for how awesome and bold hashtag we are Falcon awesome is. Um, so Cheryl's asking, how do you deal with the naysayers if you don't have school of spirit? I'm, I'm, uh, you know, how are you? Yeah, I guess that's a, that's a, a good question. So how do you deal with that? Maybe people who aren't engaging or people who aren't, who just aren't a huge fan of your, uh, of, of being in school and don't have that school spirit and maybe don't like that hashtag because they figure out the, the fucking awesome. I don't know. Like, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with people who are, who are, are have a negative, um, outlook of your school? Um, normally, but also now, obviously in, in this yeah. new world that we're in too. Yeah. So that's, that's a really good question. And I think it, it, the answer is it kind of depends if, if they're just not, so I'm an energetic guy. You mentioned Joe Sage, the other assistant principal, we are the rah, rah, get in the hallways, high five kids, high energy all the time. I'm sure we wear people out. I'm sure we exhaust <laughs> people. I'm sure we get more than a few eye rolls when people say, why on earth are you so excited to be, you know, doing this at 730 in the morning or whatever it is. I, I'm certain of that. And if, and if that's the case, that, that doesn't really have an impact on me. I don't think that that's a behavior that really needs to be corrected necessarily. I'm a firm believer that you publicly and repeatedly highlight the behaviors that you want to see from students. You do the same thing with the grownups, right? Mm -hmm. If there's some, somebody doing something amazing that you wish that everybody did, you call it out, you name it, you praise it so that everybody knows like, oh, this is what they like. If there's somebody who's not doing what you want them to be doing and, and what they're doing is kind of unacceptable, and I wouldn't consider to be, you know, somebody who's not, you know, um, fully engaged in like school spirit or something like that. If that's not your thing, that's okay. But sure. if you're act, like actively disengaged, if you're trying to like disrupt what we're doing, mm -hmm. if you're actually like trying to make things worse, well, then that that's going to require a very firm and direct conversation, usually privately. You know, I'm not in the business of calling people out publicly or anything like that. But, um, you know, I'll just speak my truth. When I was a school teacher for 12 years, I taught social studies and AVID at the high school level. And when I thought about going into leadership and administration, the confrontation was like the one thing that I was like, oh, boy, like, I don't know if I, if I have that in me to confront adults like that's that's not my thing, you know, and you just kind of, after you do it a few times, you realize that things are made better when you, when you confront people and you talk it through what happens when you ignore it or when you let it fester is resentment grows and things like that. So, um, I think that that's been one of the big things that I've learned is pulling someone aside and saying, listen, you know, I love you, you know, I respect you, mm -hmm. but I have noticed this thing and that's not really what we do here. And I'm, I'm, I'm willing to help you through that, but we got to get, we got to get through this. Yeah. And almost every time that I've done that, things have improved. Rarely have I ever, you know, had that happen where I had to call something out or address a behavior and had it actually get work as long as you handle it in a respectful way. Yeah, I like that approach. Um, good morning to Jeff. Brian, good to see you jumping in. Um, Cheryl's asking, what if admin is not on board with some of these initiatives and these ideas to engage students? How do you get admin's attention uh, that these initiatives uh, benefit students. So as an admin, I guess take from that angle, your angle would be a great angle to answer that from like, mm -hmm. um, how do you do that as a teacher? If you have an idea, if you're trying to do things or as another, as an admin, you're trying to get mm -hmm. the other admins on board. Like how, how do you work that in? Especially something that maybe they might think, Oh, that's a little silly or a little over the top or not my style. Like how do you get them on board or find a way for them to also be at that same level of trying to mm -hmm. create that spirit? Yeah, that's a great question. I think everybody's experience is a little bit different. Uh, you're going to have some administrators that are just all in with what their teachers are saying, and you're going to have others that are a little bit more slow to to take that and and, mm -hmm. and do what they want them to do. Uh, so you got to know your own situation. But a couple general things: people in administration love data, and <laughs> if you have some data to show that what you're <laughs> suggesting is actually working somewhere else or is bound to work. If you can tie it to some research, if you can make an argument that's just so. First of all, my one of my favorite lines in the English language is, "I have an idea." You know, when somebody comes to you and says, "I have an idea," 
man, I get excited when that happens because it means we're thinking about how we can make things better. And I'm, I'm all ears. I, I want to hear that. And honestly, I hear some bad ideas and I, and I have to say, well, let's, let's think this one through a little bit, or I, I think that we need to rework this idea before we implement it. But if you're coming to your leadership and you're saying, I have an idea and it's just an idea and, and you're going to like lay it at their footsteps, um, to, for them to do the work and for mm-hmm. them to do the research, you, you know, that, that might, you might not get what you're looking for. You know, we're busy. Administrators are busy. Teachers are, everybody's busy. And so if you feel strongly that you have an idea that's going to work and you want to do it for the betterment of your students, you know, I really encourage you to do the work yourself or, or squad up and get a team of people to do the work so that when you present it, you can make a firm argument. You've got it worked out so that that principal in their mind isn't thinking, oh my gosh, I just don't have time to take this on. This sounds yep. like a huge implementation because oftentimes that, that is why we say no. We just, we just can't, we just don't have the manpower. We just don't have the time. Sure. Um, so that would be one suggestion that I would have is just do that pre-work so that when you go and you say, I have an idea, you know, they're going to be able to visualize it and see how it's actually going to be implemented. Gotcha. Yeah, that that's such a big thing. I mean, just just having an idea of how you're going to implement, or at least you know, or volunteers that are ready to help you out, even if you don't know exactly how it's going to work. Saying, "Hey, I have this idea, and me and these three people are ready to take it on if you're willing to help us, you know, help the guys and stuff." So, um, someone said, "Good morning" on Facebook. Uh, Facebook doesn't always show us your your face or your name. So if you uh, if you're on Facebook with us, if you just put your name in parentheses at the end, of the way we can make sure we shout you out there. Um, come in with procedure, uh, and the why that's from Adam. Right. Appreciate that. Uh, Dave says, what if you hear a, a good idea that isn't focused on your plan? Do you ever say no to good ideas? Ooh, good question, Dave. Do you? To, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what, one of the benefits of being an assistant principal is, uh, you know, sometimes you can pass the buck there a little bit, but, mm-hmm. you know, I'm trying to think of an, of a specific example where maybe that happened. <laughs> I'm sure there are many. Um, I try to be super approachable. Um, and, and so one of the jokes that I have is when school was in session and I, you know, sometimes need to go to a classroom or go to the bathroom, I need to budget some time because I'm going to run into 10 people run into 10. <laughs> uh, along the way that they all want to tell me their idea. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and usually those conversations are, okay, think that through a little bit more. So I, I rarely do I ever just say, no, you know, sure. that, that can't happen. You know, good, good idea, but no, um, yeah. you know, usually, well, it, you usually said, think like, that through a little bit. Yeah. Well, you said sometimes when you say no, it's because you just, you know, it's, you're not able to handle it. So, so you might have a great idea, but there's just no capacity to make it happen. So maybe right. it's a it's a no, but more of a not yet. Uh, or yeah. you know, let's let's think through like you talked about. Like yeah. I like that that it's not necessarily ever a no. It's a well, let's think through that, and the let's think through that might be this is a great idea, but yeah, we know, also past think that the, all, these three things need to happen first, or or whatever. So right, yeah, and I, I also think that by now the teachers in our building, I'm very open about my views about what, what school should be about. We exist mm-hmm. for kids. Um, everything we do is student centered. If, if it doesn't, if it's not going to have an impact on a student, yeah. um, we, we might have to think that through a little bit. Um, not saying that we shouldn't support teachers. Absolutely. Sure. Um, um, and we do, we do a lot of things to support teachers so that they can then support students. But I think by now, a lot of the student, a lot of the teachers kind of know where I'm at and where Mr. Benty, our building principal is at. And so, they understand our vision. And so the ideas that they are bringing are usually tied to that vision and wanting to advance it. And I think that that's a big part of leadership is your people got to know sort of what, where you're at and what you're Mm -hmm. about. And if they don't, you know, you need to spend a little bit of time working through that. Um, And maybe that's one of the reasons why we're more apt to say yes, is because people already know what direction we're going and, uh, and what ideas could help us achieve those, those means. Yeah, they, they, they've got to know what the vision is for, for the school and what's important and what values are, are supposed to be there so that then when they're coming to you, yeah, they're, they're more aligned because they're already thinking through some of those right. questions, right? So I think it's a big thing. Alex says, sometimes you got to squat down to chat one-on-one. Sometimes you got to squat up to work together. I like the hashtag squat down, squat up. Um, Dave says, Sean, you are the AP I wish I was. Uh, so Dave's now in the uh, assistant superintendent role, but um uh, that's a that's a huge compliment coming from dave i don't know if you i don't know if you dave if you know dave schmidt or not sean but you should definitely connect with them dave make sure you follow him on twitter get you guys yeah. connected um 
Dave and I, we, we were live yesterday uh, afternoon and everything. We've been doing the last two weeks. Well, we've been doing it for a while, but we started streaming live the last two weeks, uh, just getting some virtual cocktails together and talking nonsense. So yesterday's talk went all crazy into running and, and dancing and ice. I think we were talking about figure skating and gymnastics at one point. Andrew was on there. So uh, Dave's a good guy. Uh, so we so that that is definitely a, a huge comp compliment there. Um, yeah, thank uh, you. That, that's great. Thank you for that. Uh, Andrea says she hears I hear no a lot with no follow up discussion. I like how you handle it. Andrea's looking for a job with you. Um, so no, we got, we got jobs open. We got jobs open. <laughs> Andrea, I don't know. You, it's not that far from the Chicago land area over there. Looking for great people always. You know, uh, so let, let's talk through that. So not through that. Uh, we don't want to get into that. But um, <laughs> so. So with all the changes, so you guys, when did when did Minnesota? When did you guys and when did you close down K twelve? Was it right there that, that second third week of March? Yeah. So actually, early on, we at at our high school in our district, we had a very early spring break this year, and I'm not exactly sure okay. why, but we left for spring break on whatever that Friday was, the first Friday, like March 9th or or something, like before all this happened. Mm -hmm. And I I have a just the most vivid memory. It was a beautiful. March day in southeastern Minnesota, uh, we we fell for it again. We thought that spring had arrived in early March, and of course it didn't. It was just one random beautiful day, but we all knew we were going to get a, a week off. And I'll just speak for myself. I was so excited to get the heck out of that building. Yeah, you know, I I needed a break. I was exhausted. We had just implemented a very big initiative, uh, moving our schedule around. And, and that required a lot of logistical legwork and think, thinking and just managing that big, big change. And I was a little bit worn out. So I distinctly remember getting in my car and thinking, thank God I'm leaving this place right now. And if I would have had any idea that the whole world would be flipped upside down in just a few days after that, and we, that we would never go back. So a lot of schools had the benefit of, of knowing that this was coming, mm -hmm. telling their kids that they love them coming up with some plans for distance learning, distribution of materials. We were on break when school shut down. So we had no contact. We had no ability to come together um, until after the fact. And it made it really hard logistically. Um, but more so, we just net that closure that, you know, when we think about this time of year and being able to say goodbye to your seniors and honor them and just yeah. Tell, tell your kids, man, I really loved having you in class and you, I learned so much from you and just all those things that all teachers do every year with every class. We just never got a chance to do that in a, in a really meaningful way. And it just really feels like something has been missed. Uh, there's yeah. this void that, that we're all just forced to kind of navigate through. So um, when we did come back from, from break, you know, we were super focused on, you know, what this is going to look like and teams of adults and and uh, man, just some of the most honest and frank. I mean, we didn't have time for for semantics and we didn't have time for, you know, getting into the weeds. We were just all business. What is this going to look like? And one of the things I'm super proud of from our district is that we were hyper focused on making sure that we were being as equitable as, as possible. How do we make sure that our students who rely on the food that the school provides, that the only meals they get are their breakfast and lunch at school every day? How do we make sure that them and their families can eat? Yeah. And we devised a big plan where school buses every day, even today, are dropping off meals in our neighborhoods and, and, and came up with a system there. You know, how do we make sure everyone has a device, has a hotspot, has access to mental health, to chemical health supports? And it was only after all of those things got sort of handled that we said, okay, how do we now create world-class education opportunities for our students yeah. and, and make sure that they're continuing to learn? Because we know that if those basic needs aren't being met, it doesn't matter how engaging or how thoughtful your yeah. lesson are. Nobody's going to learn a darn thing if they're hungry or if they're struggling with anxiety or whatever. So we, we did a good job of putting first things first. And I think that um, our educational, our, our, our learning outcomes were better because of it. Yeah, I agree. Holly said, uh, she was, I wish I had an advanced knowledge of the closure. We found out Sunday on 515 uh, at four, the close was, uh, was going to be closed. Yeah. It's, um, it was interesting. We were, so I'm in Ohio and Ohio was the first to close K-12, um, you know, for, for, I can't remember what the original plan was for how long, but it's going to be at least like two to three weeks. And so our teachers, we, that happened on, on like a Monday, Tuesday. So they had a couple of days and they used that Friday to send home as much stuff as they could. And then, and then things started the following week. But I remember 
it was still that that following so that must have been the week that you were then on vacation on spring break mm-hmm. because it wasn't so the following friday that uh, i was actually on my way to chicago with chad and one of our teammates we were driving six and six and a half hours to chicago to to we were actually supposed to be meeting with the whole team and stuff like that uh and on our way out we were listening to news and stuff and it was just like every hour it seemed like two more states have closed another state it was just crazy like how much it changed just across you know 24 36 hours right there so so many teachers that in the same spot didn't yeah. have this opportunity to, to you know to say and even like you know even the teachers like in our area that we were like i said first state to do it but they didn't realize they were thinking it was going to be the week mm-hmm. before spring break and then we had spring break maybe a week after and then we're gonna be back and that didn't happen right. it's just we all thought that yeah really tough so um so what have you guys done to to try and replicate that the best way you can how are you handling um are you are you still in session are you done now where are you guys at with that and what are you doing as far as trying to continue those connections at, at the classroom level with teachers and stuff to the yeah, so we, yeah so how do we do education once those basic needs are met what we did um and and we're still in session. We go until June fourth. Um, okay. Our se- our seniors are done tomorrow, Friday, um, but everybody else continues on for the rest of the year. And um, we made a decision because we we're in a high poverty uh, situation. A lot of our students have become essential workers. Okay. Um, a lot of our students are um, ones that you know you have multiple kids in the home that are sharing a single device. What we decided was to be as asynchronous as possible. Um, that teachers would roll out content with very, very loose deadlines and things like that and give kids ample time to do it um, when they could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there's been a lot of direct instruction through videos that that students can access at any point in time. Uh, I was fortunate enough, we all kind of squatted up and, and I was working with our 9 through 12 language arts department and our 9 through 12 math department. So I, I was involved in all of those meetings and right down to lesson plan and, and how are you going to gather feedback and, and how are you going to grade and assess um, when you can't do a, a written math test in class? How are you going to be able to, to have that student show understanding? And those conversations that teachers were having early on in this process were just some of the best I've ever been involved in because we were just hyper-focused on all of these things that honestly, we maybe should have been focused on before, but, but just would, wouldn't, you know, how do we assess kids that have different strengths and have different capabilities? Um, how do we deliver content to students based on what they can do and what they have access to? And it was really through those conversations that I think we, we changed our mindset about how school should be done at all. And I want to give every teacher watching this right now just the loudest shout out that I possibly can because the work that went into this was huge. I mean, literally redesign what education looks like in a matter of days. And of course, teachers did that and deserve a ton of praise. But what a lot of people forget is what you mentioned, the fear and the anxiety of watching this news scroll through oh my goodness, another state shut down. Oh my goodness, mm-hmm. they just canceled the NCAA basketball tournament. Oh my gosh, they just sent everybody home from MLB spring training. Like, yeah. that was scary. I was scared for me. I was, it was scared like a movie, like an apocalypse movie. It was just crazy. Like, listen, it was nuts. Right. And then when you're at your peak of fear, mm-hmm. redesign, redesign education. Go, <laughs> do, it, do it now. And, and teachers did. And yeah. they, and it just is, I, I am just so filled with pride and, and I get a little emotional, obvious, uh, honestly, when I just think about the fact that teachers put those fears aside because their students were depending on them at that point in time. And they just do what students or teachers always do, which is put their students first. But in that moment, um, what they did, I think, um, is just so admirable and, and deserves to be recognized. Absolutely. A hundred percent agree. So so are you now, and in, in, as your admin team, are you now, uh, are you guys in a point where you're starting to look more, okay, what does August, September, October look like? What are, what are we what are we preparing for? Are you there yet? We and, and I ask you that way because we have a lot of conversations with school leaders and admins, and it seems like the majority are getting there, but there are still some that just aren't quite there yet because they're still trying to figure out some of these other little things that, not little things, but these other logistical things and stuff for the end of the year type stuff. Are you guys there yet? Have you figured out, okay, we, we've got this figured out. How our year is going to end, how we're wrapping things up, what summer is going to be like. But are you now talking about, okay, what's what's going to look like in August, depending on X, Y, Z, which we don't know yet. Are mm-hmm. you guys there? Where's your mind at? Where's your planning uh, process at right now? 
So our planning process, and we, we've had this question a lot from our teachers, obviously, they want to know. They're already looking ahead too, and they, they want to know, of course, and they look to us for guidance. And so what we're telling them is you can go a couple different ways. You can either take every single standard and every single lesson and break it down so that you can teach it three ways. You can teach it in person, you can teach it distance learning, or you can teach it in some sort of hybrid. I mean, it's going to look in some combination of those three things, right? You can mm -hmm. create three lessons or <laughs> you can create one lesson that can be adapted in each of those three different ways. And when you say it like that, it's like, well, obviously I'm going to create yeah, one lesson as opposed yep. to three. And, and so I have no idea what things will look like. My, I have my guesses like everybody else. I have mm -hmm. my, my views and whatever, and, and think, I, I think we should do this or whatever, but I'm not in charge. Nobody's asking me what, what uh, I think we should do. And so the yeah. best advice that I can give to teachers is save yourself some of the mental anguish and physical anguish and, and try your best to create lessons that if we are in distance learning, you don't have to redesign everything again for the fall semester. Mm -hmm. You're going to do that work over the summer or whenever during curriculum writing time. And then it can be adapted to whatever school looks like. Um, and, and so much of what we do is based on so um, we have a framework and, and what we tell teachers is this is what we, we want to see. When I walk into a classroom, it's so hard to tell like what a teacher's doing and all these things. But if I see kids talking, I see them writing, I see them reading, I see them moving and I, feel them, I see them feeling cared for by the teacher and by each other. If I see those five things, I'm leaving that classroom happy, period, the, the, mm -hmm. you know. I, I, there's, there's obviously some teaching is more complex than that, but if I see those five things, reading, writing, talking, moving, and feeling cared for, that's all I can ask for. It, so how do, how do we embed those in any of those three different ways? If you can do that, we're, we're good. I, I, I love that approach too, because that's something that we actually talk with admins all the time. So, you know, one of the things that we do as a teach better team is we, we work a lot with, that's what we do is we work with districts on rolling out initiatives, training, Right, you know, given opportunities to 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 be better. And the one thing that we we always try to stress is like, hey, we're not coming and tell you like this is how you have to do things. And you should never walk into your teacher's classroom and say, you have to do the grid method because teach better shit, right? It's never that. It's let's make sure all of your everyone in your school and your district knows these are the five things or six things or whatever the number of things are that we want to see happen in classrooms. These things being met, right? And if you can do that, it doesn't really matter how you're doing it as long right. as you're doing it. And then what we like to be is, hey, if you're not doing that, here's a tool that might work for you. That's how we've always tried to be as a Teach Better team, which is why it's Teach Better and not Teach This Way. Uh, right. <laughs> right? We don't want to tell you that you're because you're, you're probably already teaching pretty awesome. Yeah. We just want to maybe we have an uh, here's an idea that might help you teach better. So uh, we like that, and I think you're the the way you're looking at the fall is 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 the right way to do it. I think we have the sort of four scenarios you got to plan for, right? Are we back physically but with social distancing? Are we in some sort of blended hybrid model, are we 100% virtual? Or honestly, what's potentially really going to be um, likely is potentially that we're going to be intermittent, where we're we either start off virtual, then we're back in, but then we might go back mm -hmm. to virtual. We're going to potentially going to see these spikes come and go uh, with COVID in the fall, or are we hybrid, but then we get to come back for a little bit, or do we start back, but then we have to come back out? So, so I think the way you're looking at it is is the absolute the way it has to be because the way I've been saying that is, hey, there's your four scenarios. If you plan for 100% virtual, it's a lot easier to adapt to the, everything else. Mm -hmm. It's a lot easier to adapt from virtual to physical because I can go, okay, everything was being delivered virtually, so now instead right. of this video, I'm going to deliver it as we're going to do a whole group thing. Or instead of this site, we're going to do a worksheet or we're going to do this experiment in person. It's a lot easier to do it that way than planning for yeah. physical and then having to shift. So I think yeah. if you plan that way, you knock, like you said, you knock, you check all three of those boxes and you're ready to yeah, go. So exactly. That. Yeah. That's smart. Um, Dave says, I think the speed in which the change happened was actually a blessing. Seeing the uncertainty Lingering about the, the fall is causing increased anxiety. March was like a, a Band-Aid getting ripped off right now. It's like a slow burn. Yeah, and I think the, I think the, the catch and where a lot of people are, and trying to let me know if, if, if I'm on point here or not, is that for a while, you know, since all this happened, since March, you know, we've – I say that like it was so long ago, right? For the last couple months, it's kind of been like – and not in a bad way in any way, shape, or form, but been sort of like as long as you're, you're – you're focusing on the child and, and doing something and engaging in some way, communicating like it's, it's good. We're okay. We're not worrying about 
even really assessing all that much. We're not even, you know, we're just worried about giving opportunities. But we do have to shift it back now to okay, but how are we gonna actually be assessing them and giving them the feedback they need to grow and to and to learn and stuff? So we have to we have to figure out how do we do that to make sure that they're getting what they need um, while still taking care of them the way they need to be taken care of digitally and we're kind of making this shift and now we have this time right because we're like settled in right now and like dave said it's kind of that slow burn it's like it's no longer like let's just make sure we're taking care of these things really quick but now it's like okay we've taken care of all of that now we have to like how do we also like you said earlier like how do we also now provide world-class education too and now we have all this time to kind of think about it and we don't know what it's going to look like and it is the anxiety i think is, yeah. is tough there so uh wanted to say good morning to eric guys eric jumping in um and then uh sunita nice to see you as well good morning teach better team we're coming in from india india's in the house love seeing our friends from india in here so uh dave also says for me the struggle is trying to uh stay in my lane i can't worry about hand dryers toilet seat covers bus uh capacity etc there's so much uncertainty i need to focus on uh, that which i can control and, and and everything so um and you bring up the sorry to interrupt jeff no no yeah oh interrupt the, me i don't no. know what i was doing anyway that's why i just stopped <laughs> um. the logistics right how do we get kids to sanitize their hands when they walk in and how do you social distance appropriately like that that obviously is what a lot of people are thinking about but i also would encourage everybody out there to have a social and emotional learning plan yes. in place because people have undergone trauma um, and, and some more significantly than other, but if we, uh, uh, others, but we cannot assume that students are going to be excited to enter back into the building. Mm -hmm. I, I've heard that a lot. Kids are going to be excited to enter back because they miss their friends and everything. And, and there may be some truth to that. But I also think that people have gone through a lot. People have lost their jobs. People have had family members get sick or, or die from this uh, you know, awful virus. Like people have really been filled with fear and anxiety and schools are going to have to be able to have plans in place to meet that need as well as just kind of combating the the physical germs that that we know we need to combat. So mm -hmm. um, as if schools needed one more thing to worry about, I think that that needs to be almost at the forefront of what we plan for next year. That's a, that's a huge piece. Yeah. And when you're thinking through those different scenarios that you have to plan for, like that's got to be a piece of that. Um, got to be. And honestly, I mean, that's also got to be something that should be always on the list, no matter what. But even right. more so, right now, it's really heightened by this. And also, I, I'll, I'll, I'll second on that. Like, it's, it's your kids coming back might not be excited to come back, but honestly, some of your teachers might not be either. They're going through this trauma too. They're dealing mm -hmm. with. It. They may still be anxious about the world and the safety. Uh, just because the state or the fed go federal government says it's safe doesn't mean that not everyone's going to feel safe, right? So they not may not be okay the community might not be okay with reopening or sending their kids in, but they might have to or whatever. So there's right. so much of that. I think there's gotta be that uh, a lot of communication, uh, talking to everyone and, and that, like you said, that, that uh, SEL plan of how do we make sure that students, teachers, faculty, admins, the community, everyone is talking that we're, we're here for them, that they know that we care about them, that we're thinking about it. So yeah, it's crucially important. So uh, definitely going to be, uh, yeah, like Adam says, SEL is going to be essential and need programs for all within the, the community. Absolutely agree. Uh, hey, I haven't said this yet. If you're listening on Teach Better Talk, uh, this was obviously pre-recorded, but make sure you give us a, a subscribe, rate and review. It'd be awesome. But then also uh, go follow, follow Sean Peck. It's at Sean Peck 6, uh, the, the number 6 at the end there. But then uh, if you are listening on the, the Teach Better Talk, the best way to get in here and interact is to get in the group. So you should come and get in the group. Actually, tomorrow, Friday, is our last daily drop, and we're actually wrapping up this for, um, for I guess, forever. I don't know. Um, <laughs> we'll figure it out. So tomorrow is our last drop-in, so hopefully you'll join us then. But the nice thing about these drop-ins, you can go watch them, watch the videos in our group at any time. They're all saved there. They're all saved on the YouTube channel. They're all put up on the, the podcast as audio form as well, so super cool there. Um, love to love to see everyone jumping in on different ways. We got people watching from all over right now. So let me ask you. Let's let's go. We're gonna step off to the. Let's talk about Sean Peck personal here. So how what what are you doing? Let, let me ask you. Like so, with the school closing and, and more of the shutdowns, what aspects of you of your personal life, the things that you like doing, what aspects of that of that were kind of like cut off or taken away, and how are you adjusting to quarantine life? Are you like, I, I don't know where you got it. Did you like to go out and play sports as you run? Did you like to go to certain activities that you can't do now? 
where are you at like that? How's your family? Like, how's everyone dealing with, with this quarantine portion of this, that, that it's one thing, all the stuff you have to deal with as a, as a principal, but now also as a human, where are you at there? How you doing? Yeah. Um, it really should have been my first question. I should have shown that I cared, yeah, but you know, yeah. whatever. we're here now. We got to it right now. Uh, so I guess I'll answer it like this. We, I'm, I'm super blessed. Um, very privileged. I got a fridge full of food. I have three wonderful children, a second grader, a kindergartner, and a three-year-old. Wow. Um, got a great job. High, my wife, multiple college degrees. Like we got it all. We got it all. We got, we got everything we need. Strong Wi-Fi signal. We got it all. Mm. And, it, and it still is really, really hard. You know, when we're trying to be you know, we got jobs and we need to do our jobs and provide leadership for our school and our, our, our teachers. And then I also got to be kind of a second grade teacher and a kindergarten teacher. And, and then we are second grade kindergarten. I feel Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then we got the three-year-old who, you know, I'm a little bit surprised he hasn't like made an appearance (laughs) so far, you know, so. We may have uh, to stop and have him make an appearance. Yeah. Yeah. We might have to, but no, it's been, it's been wonderful to be around my family more. I mean, certainly I work long hours when, when life is mm-hmm. a little more normal. And so just being home for every meal and, and being around, but, but also I think it's added a little bit of perspective of what a lot of our families are going through because there's, there's certain times when I'm in a, a staff meeting or a department meeting and it's, I got to go, I got a, a screaming child or, or, you know, I, I got, <laughs> I, I yep. just can't do this right now. And I think mm-hmm. that if I'm asking my team for that level of grace of I have to be able to put my family first right now. And, and, you know, everyone understands that everybody gets it. And I think that um, we also have to do the same thing for our teachers, for our parents, for our, our kids, you know, everybody's fighting tough fights. Yeah. Um, and I'm fighting tough fights within, you know, my, my own home. And like I said, when I started, I'm, I'm more fortunate than, than anybody mm-hmm. I mean, who's got it better than us. Nobody. And we're still yeah. fighting hard. So you mentioned you had a second grader in kindergarten. Is that your uh, experience too? Yeah. Or are you? Yeah, it's been it's been an interesting one for me because you know I've 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 worked for myself and worked at home for the last decade. So I mean, there was a period in there where I had an office as well, but I've always worked you know at home. Oh. So I'm pretty good at that. I've, okay. but I like what I talk about is one of the things I think that makes me that I've been that allows me to work well at home is that I'm pretty good at as soon as I wake up, I know whether I could, I need to go somewhere. Like I'll wake up and be like, all right, I gotta go. I gotta work. Go work at a coffee shop or go to Panera or something today because I can just feel it. But now I can't do that. <laughs> so it's kind of this. I've always I've worked for myself for so long, but it was it was always a choice. Now it's like I have to stay. I have to work at right. home, which has been a weird mental thing for me that shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Um, also, interestingly, you know, a lot of my a lot of neighbors and friends and family that I talk to who, um, you know, with the shift to to remote, like either they they are taking like sort of a leave of absence from the job, or the job just became a little. Uh, I don't want to necessarily say easier, but flexible where they don't have, you know, they don't have, they're not, they just have to check in every now and then or whatever. And they're like, oh, I'm doing this home project. I'm doing this, that, whatever. And I'm going, I think I'm working harder than I ever yeah, have. Like, no what have we, we ever done right now? We're trying to support all of our schools. We're flipping everything to virtual. We're, we're working with all of our, our partner schools on how do we do and how do we continue to support you, but virtually now, because normally we're in schools. That's like one of our mm-hmm. biggest things that we go in all the time. And so all this stuff, it's just been an interesting flip for me. The kids have handled it well. Um, uh, my wife's still essential, so she still works. Um, so there's like, we're, like I said, like just like you said, like we're extremely fortunate. You know, we still have both both incomes. We have Wi-Fi. We've got multiple devices. We didn't have to get a device from the school. We, you know, we're in such a good spot, but it's still really difficult. And it makes you think, mm-hmm. what if someone just didn't even have one of those things that we had? Right. Right. I mean, I, it just I the the thought right now of a of being a single parent is just like heroes. Yeah. I mean, I can't, yeah. it's. I mean, that's, that's tough. Any given day, I always think, I'm like, holy cow. But like in this situation, especially if you're trying to work and deal with all that stuff, you know, for me, you know, luckily I do have a flexible schedule anyway. Normally I have a mm-hmm. lot of control over my schedule. Um, some might even say I'm the boss. Yeah, Ray, Ray would disagree. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, I don't, I don't have to worry about getting yelled at for, for if I got to step off with my kids and stuff like that. And so it is really is, but it's still difficult. Right. And so then you think about, like you said, that empathy for someone who doesn't have as many fortunes as you have. Uh, it's really tough. Um, but overall, we, overall, we've been doing pretty good. We've been good. Kids are doing well at the school. Their, their, their teachers have done a great job uh, adjusting um, and shifting to, you know, to the online stuff. And I got to watch my son do uh like they were on there for like an, over an hour, uh, 
Google Meet with his classroom and stuff, which was hilarious. Cause, you know, my son's in second grade, but he's basically a, a teenager the way he acts. So many <laughs> yeah. often. Just like, I know like, the feeling. I'm trying to get yeah. him set up. He's like, Dad, I'm hungry. I don't want to do this. I'm like, you can eat and be on camera. It's fine. He's like, oh. and as soon as he gets on and all his friends, he just lights up again. And he's just and he's just talking and laughing. And I'm like, it's just so it's it's fun. It's 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 yeah. entertaining. I don't have the three. I don't have the the additional three year old run around. That's yeah. where it adds an extra layer. It sure does. <laughs> that's uh, that's phenomenal. So um, all right. So we're at about ten to an hour. So I'm gonna let you get to your work. Um, but I really appreciate you coming on. This was this was great. Um, I could tell by all the comments, everything, a lot of value share, which is what we're trying to do here. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, everyone who's who's watching, listening. Uh, commenting just so you know, Sean and I are figuring out he is going to come on Teach Better Talk, so we're going to get to dive into his story a little more and stuff too. So I don't know when that'll come out or whatever, but I'm 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 making it publicly known now, so he has to sign up and get yeah. on the podcast. Now I'm uh, obligated. Okay, but make sure you follow Sean, get connected with him, um, and and, and uh, continue this conversation with him. Appreciate all of you. I will be back live tonight after the Mastery Chat. Um, so hopefully you'll join us tonight, eight o'clock. Eastern time on mastery chat over on Twitter uh, and then also come back on any of these platforms. And I'm going to stream everywhere again uh, to chat. We've got the crew from um, uh, school status coming on the whole team's running the chat. And I think we got a couple of them coming live as well. And then I will be here live tomorrow morning for our very last daily drop in. Uh, it is going to be myself and Ray Hewitt and Hans Apple coming on. And we're going to be talking about Hans's new book that drops tomorrow morning, A Woman of Culture. We're going to be announcing the five people that are winning five copies of his book. We're going to be digging in. We're going to try and get him to give away a whole bunch of secrets from the book. Uh, and we're going to talk. And it's going to be our last one. So hopefully you join us tomorrow and we can make a big hoopla out of it and everything. So um, so it was great seeing everyone this morning. Sean, truly, truly, truly appreciate you, man. Um, and everyone have an amazing Thursday. And we'll see you tonight and see you tomorrow morning. Bye.